where nobody knows your name is filmed in front of nobody. No, nobody. <laughs> Enjoy the show. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. We'll be talking about the fifth episode of Shear's Coach's Daughter. It aired on the 28th of October. 1982. 1982. Ooh, in stereo there, John. Synchronised there. So uh, this is a very heartfelt episode. Yes, most emotional so far. Critically acclaimed by these two critics here. By us two. We loved it. We thought it was a very heartfelt episode, and uh, we're looking forward to talking about it, I guess. I'm I'm John. I'm James, and yeah, looking forward to talking about it, and we may need to cry a bit at the end, but that's okay. We'll dabble into the heart of Coach, I guess. See his family as well. (laughs) As suggested by the episode title. Yeah, it would be odd. (laughs) We get to meet his daughter, Lisa. Well, I guess a brief description. Description of the episode. Lisa brings her fiance Roy to the Cheers bar to meet her father. Coach. Yes, and he's quite obnoxious. Bit of a pig. Why is he a suit salesman? Door to door suit salesman. They always are. Huh? Throughout the episode, there's a struggle because Coach doesn't like him for the reasons we've just expressed, mm. and it explores why Lisa is with someone like mm. this and what she sees in someone like this. So let's let's start by sort of really picking apart Roy. I guess yeah. you, we've already said he's a suit salesman. He's a bit of a sleaze bag. Seems very in it for a promotion in. Yeah, he wants land deal. Some kind of contract. Which she has power over, which is kind of why he's with her. Yes. He thinks that he's going to advance in his career right. by marrying her. When they come into the bar, it's a, it's a bit of a norm situation. Everyone goes, Lisa, because they know her. They all admire her quite a lot. And I felt it was quite sweet that compared to other guest appearances of women who've come into the bar, particularly Sam, he's usually quite flirtatious with them. When Lisa came in, he greeted her in a friendly way and more like a family member. He was mm. kind to her and greeted her warmly. Perhaps because, as coach was training, him, Coach became somewhat of a surrogate father figure. Mm. And I think that's definitely implied a lot about Coach being a father figure for Sam and for a lot of the characters that Yes, and he's a good father figure. He's a lovely man. And I think that's really where the heart of it is. It's about Coach as a dad and the value he puts with his daughter. And when she brings back Roy, he's not too pleased. Lisa tells me uh, you and Sam were in baseball. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a dead sport. (laughs) He's the type of man who pulls a chair up to a a dessert cart. Yeah. (laughs) That's a Roy. He, he, yeah, bit of a. Which we've all been say. there. He's a bit of a pig. He, he likes his snacks too much, James. We all like snacks, John. James, do you, do you think you're a bit of a Roy? No. <laughs> Let's put you on trial here. I'm not good at selling. What about the snack? No one likes snacks. There's You've got out of it there, James. <laughs> we'll jump back into uh, the sort of main meat and bones of the episode. Uh, I've got some facts about Lisa and Roy. More specifically, the actors who played them. Alice Beasley mm. played Lisa, and she went on to play Agnes de Pesto in Moonlighting. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd work at a detective agency. Back when Bruce Willis had hair, pre-Die Hard, she played the receptionist. She also played Deputy Becca Paulson in the 1993 miniseries of The Tommyknockers, mm-hmm. another Stephen King connection. As cited in the earlier episode, we had Harry as Richie. In, in, well, I mean, Steve, Stephen King's done a lot. Yes. I, th- I feel like he's a bit of a Kevin Bacon kind of situation. <laughs> the Kevin Bacon of horror and horror. But I feel like you will be able to connect by probably, probably about like two pinpoints, do you know what I mean? To a Stephen Which is, King. That's four less than Kevin Bacon. Anyhow. Currently, she's been appearing as Gail uh, from December 2018 onwards in... Champagne Ill. I have not seen Champagne Ill. Neither have I. Oh, it's well, a well, we can both relate to this fact. Comedy about about <laughs> champagne ales. No, the rap or hip hop industry. Nah, I don't think it's about. <laughs> nah. it's not rap. It's about champagne ale industries. No, ill. Ill. Yeah. Oh, I L L. That's about sick. Alcohol poisoning. It is, 
a look at the life of a rap star and his entourage. Do you know, I could really see that embedded in her character in Cheers as I, well. I was wondering when she's going to go into the rap star shows. Yeah, well, it was all there. You yeah. know, you could, you could see it clear as day. And she was her coach's nervous daughter. Coach's nervous daughter. But anxious about But she lays down some beats and foamed a beat layer. In Champagne Ill. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> I assume she's got good taste. Does someone who was in Moonlighting and Right, but the whole point of this episode was that she didn't have good taste. <laughs> no, the actress, I was... So confused. <laughs> it's okay, John. Do you know, I, I, let's, let's sidestep back into the programme. There was a really nice scene within the episode. So this is the first time we saw The Office. And what I think is actually really interesting about that is um, it establishes another area of the bar where more intimate and personal settings can take place. And it gives us this really lovely scene between Coach and his daughter. The conversation between Coach and Lisa is essentially Coach expressing his disapproval of Roy to mm. Lisa and how he states that she doesn't want her to marry him. Which, uh, you know, at the start is a very fatherly concern and he's pu- putting his foot down and saying... I don't want this man to be mm. in our family. And he doesn't understand why Lisa would want to be with this man. Because he's not good enough for her. Yeah, exactly. And it took such a heartbreaking turn when the reason that Lisa wanted to be with Roy was because Lisa didn't feel beautiful. She didn't think she was beautiful mm. and she felt that she couldn't be with anyone. And this was the one person who, mm. at her age, proposed to her. And for the first time, she felt wanted and loved in a romantic way. And it's just heartbreaking. It's it's really sad, but then there's a really lovely scene with Coach. But look at me! Not as my father, but like you're looking at me for the first time, and please, try to see me as I really am. Oh my God, I, I didn't realise how much you looked like your mother. I'm freaking getting chills now. When I, whenever I watch that scene, you just, you just feel yourself welling up and just, you know, you just want to... Just hug them and go, it's okay. Mm. Coach said about her, she got more and more beautiful every day. And I thought this was such a great scene to show that beauty is not about physicality. Because of that, it was such a moving scene. Mm. It dealt with, you know, self-image and how people perceive themselves. Talking about it as a more intimate scene as well. When it was filmed, it was filmed in front of a live audience. And obviously Coach is a funny character. And there was a lot of laughter. And um, they actually reshot the scene um, and there was still laughter. So in the end, they took the laughter out. And I think that was to get that more intimate atmosphere and show it was a really personal moment between the two characters. I mean, it was written by Ken Estin, Mm. this episode. And Glenn and Les Charles wanted to nominate this episode for an Emmy. But Ken Estin chose a taxi episode he wrote instead. And you'd only nominate one thing you'd written. And as I've said before, James Burroughs worked on Taxi, directed most of Taxi, then went on to Cheers. In Taxi, as well as Cheers, it dealt with a lot of powerful themes. And I think Keniston must have been one of the team that crossed over Mm. from Taxi to Cheers after Taxi finished. And they kept him on knowing... We want to still deal with these things. They knew the kind of episodes they wanted to push out there. And obviously they wanted to get this one nominated. They couldn't, obviously. But it remains a favourite for Nicholas Colasanto. Another thing about the writing for this episode, I notice we haven't discussed the cold open. Now, mm. the standard quote, what happened in the cold open for this episode was someone calls into Cheers. It's one of Sam's women that he's been with. He's not there. They leave a message for Carla. Carla tells Sam this, and Sam goes, oh, is there anything else? And then Carla spits on his shoes, and then Sam goes, ah, that was Patty. I thought that was, you know, an okay cold open. I don't think it was strong enough to be of comedic relief for the episode, and I don't think it was relevant enough. 
to be a code. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it, it was a bit tacked on. And I think there was also the sort of side narrative of Diane's caricatures as yeah. well, which it didn't really fit yeah. in with the whole narrative. It was, yes. more of a, it was more of a filler. We've got to have yeah. these main characters still in here somewhere. Yeah. Though there was one exchange about halfway through, mm. which I thought would have worked as a better cold open. And it's when there's the lab technician mm. who worked at a mutant virus lab technician. And he's talking about oh. how he doesn't like his job and everything like this and talking about all the disgusting stuff he has to do at his job. And then he leaves. And then they have a system where they clean everything in the bar that he's touched. Yeah. And they get out and Sam looks at his watch to see how long it took. And it's a very short exchange. Yeah. I felt that would have worked better at the start of the episode because I felt it was of stronger mm. comedic relief. But should we talk about Roy, the yeah. actor who played Roy? Philip Charles Mackenzie as Roy. Mm-hmm. And he's been in many interesting and diverse projects. He played a doctor in Dog Day Afternoon the Al Pacino movie, Ted Nichols in Open House, which is a very short-lived sitcom with Ellen DeGeneres and Alison LaPlaca. All, all my favourite names. Ooh. One thing which he was in, which I haven't seen, but it's which... Stephen King adaptation. It's not a Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> They're not all in a Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> I he was at some Stephen point. King just showed up to Cheers <laughs> to, learn, you know, to cast his next project. He played Donald Maltby in Brothers. Oh. It was a comedy which aired from 84 to 89. Mm-hmm. And it's about two conservative men who support their younger brother when he comes out as gay. And they help him navigate being openly homosexual in 1980s Philadelphia. That would be... Some what was the name of it again? Brothers. 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 Maybe we'll put that on the watch list of uh, things to watch off the back of this episode. Yeah, I looked into it and it seemed that they seemed to do it quite well. We've got some lovely trivia mail. Ooh, tri- uh, Cliff Clavin trivia. Cliff Clavin trivia. Remember, if you'd like to send us some trivia about the episodes, you're very welcome to. We'd love to hear from you. Whether you have trivia, some thoughts, just want to reach out and talk to us. But until then, it's time for me and James to challenge each other on our own trivia questions. Exactly. Delivered to us by Cliff. What does your letter say? Oh, let me let me just open it up. Let me get my uh, branded, mm. where nobody knows your name, letter opener. When Roy is trying to sell Sam a, uh, a suit, how many combinations of suit does uh, Roy boast his suits have? More you, than two. You can do some maths again. <laughs> oh yes, uh, um, one hundred and forty-seven. Ah uh, no. What is it? I give you. I give you a clue. There are two coats, three pairs of pants. Okay. As in the American version of trousers and five reversible vests. Okay. This is going to be some fun podcast material for the next Third. five minutes. 30. 120. Oh. I'm not sure if that's right. That was just what was said. <laughs> you might just say any number. You might have said any number. I'm, I'm not a suit expert. In this episode, Coach uh, reveals he's named the glasses in the bar. He has names for... I knew you'd do this. How many names do you want? I want five names. Five names? Uh, what are the names of five George. glasses? Is George one? Is George one listed here? No, George is not. Glenn. There. Glenn is one. Is Les one? <laughs> no. Les is James. Uh, the names of the glasses stated in the bar are Larry, Steve, Pete, Glenn, Fred, Al, Jeannie, Ginger, Gracie, Sally, the Wilson brothers, and Herbie. Yeah, I would have never got. <laughs> I would have I got one. I'm surprised you didn't get the Wilson brothers. I forgot. It's the only ones he can't tell the difference between. <laughs> How does Roy describe Lisa? 
think I've got the same question for you. Well, is, is the answer stylish, <laughs> contemporary, and travels well? Just we both get points. <laughs> okay, it's duplicate mail. You got to complain to the to the postman, the damn postal service. Which sport does Roy like? Football. None. Tennis. Oh, um, women's wrestling. I mean, you're close. I won't. I won't give you the point. But... Women, women. Women's contact sports. Oh, you're getting closer. Women's sport. <laughs> I'll tell you the answer. Female full contact karate. Ah, that was close. So, James, final question: Who did uh, Sam reveal actually said the phrase "Go get him"? It was coach, wasn't it? James, I'm on my side there. You were wrong. Oh. You're wrong, James. Who was it? It was the third baseman said it, actually. Oh. And Coach just sort of thought he had said it. Sam kind of tricked him into it. But I guess those those immortal phrases, go get him, was what really spurred Sam on to win the game. Yeah. But also spurred Coach on to talk to his daughter. Yeah. So I, I guess that's going to be our phrase, go get him. For you listeners out there, go get him. Thank you for listening. This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name. <laughs>